Hey everybody, I'm Jody Vance. And I'm George Affleck. And it's time for Well, 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 well. Well, well, are well. you surprised at what happened with the midterms this morning? We're doing this early. Uh, it's Wednesday. We usually record on Fridays now. Uh, we got Remembrance Day. We'll talk about that later. But last night was the big night. Uh, quite surprised, aren't you? I actually am uh, pleasantly surprised, I might add. Uh, and if only with all of like the tightness and the closeness of the races and how historically this is i was watching msnbc and cnn and fox i'm flipping back and forth then i go to cbc and but i got really into uh what's his name steve kornacki uh Mm -hmm. he does the big board on the msnbc and this guy is an encyclopedia explaining he's no john king but uh okay (laughs) i enjoy john king but i thought you know the way that my man the way is that your man crush? Oh, I, I just think I just love what he does. It's just so I, I, I'm always amazed. Like, yeah. how, how does he do that? I have to so. agree with you. Cornecki is very similar to, to King in that. How can you just like point at a county and know everything yeah. about it? Like just it's shocking. Crazy. But the way they set us up last night to yeah. start to consume the results that were coming in early and and how the mail-in ballots favor the democrats so you're going to mm-hmm. see a lead early on that and then the republicans will you know start to short and and of course one of the first reports is always florida and what a landslide there it was like well this might actually be a yeah, red wave the, other the than the fact and, right yeah. but the thing that got me george and I, I want your take on this as well but what i'm seeing as of time of taping on a wednesday morning where much mm-hmm. is still to be you know, solidified yeah, with regard to who, yep. yeah, mm-hmm. um, is the 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 Trump denialists got mm. smashed. Like, I'm so relieved that Dr. Oz did not win. I know. I'm so relieved that, that, that story, that... and I've been following that one. This is in uh, Pennsylvania. Uh, Fetterman, this guy, working class, kind of, although he went to Harvard. <laughs> So, okay, I'm yeah. working class. But, you know, wear shorts and hoodies. Uh, and I was listening to the New York's uh, New York Times uh, piece this week on on him. And they were very skeptical that he would be able to pull it off. They thought the debate went terribly. He, so for those people who don't know, this is obviously American politics we're talking about today. Yeah. Which, yeah. of course, uh, you know, I, I kind of get into. But it's, it's all, way more complicated in some ways. But Fetterman running for... Uh, Senate in and in America you get two senators per state, so there's a hundred hundred Senate seats, and then the vice president uh, can break any ties, and almost always it seems to be fifty fifty. Um, and so Fetterman was up against Dr. Oz, and you know he had a stroke. He was from New Jersey. Who's, Dr. Oz, yeah, who moved in, like... there, yeah, he came back. Fetterman had a stroke uh, two months yeah. into the campaign. Uh, he almost died um, and obviously has been affected by it. He has some speech issues, some auditory issues that he, and they had a debate and they had to, you know, have a teleprompter for him to read the questions because he couldn't hear properly or whatever. So people were speculating, oh, you know, I don't know, this guy's, you know, do we want this kind of guy going? And, and Oz was quite, quite cruel to him in the debate. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, the Democrats really, I think it's to me, it's a statement, this guy, Fetterman, uh, in that he's so not slick and so working class, even though he went to Harvard, 
he represents what I think the Democrats need to start thinking about if they want to keep winning or if they want to push down Trump and his ability, Trump's and his Trump's people, their ability to appeal to this working class, which is really weird that the Republicans are appealing to union guys. Uh, this yeah. is all backwards. And so this guy, uh, he talked about unions in his speech. You know, this is the kind of person uh, potentially as opposed to uh, some of the radical, um, you know, uh, what DeSantos from Florida kept ranting on his thing about woke, the woke. Um, he went in a landslide. He won no. like resoundingly. And, and now it's the battle between Donald Trump and Ron yeah. DeSantis. But, and one more thing about, yeah. uh, we, we could talk U.S. politics for the whole thing here, but one more yeah. that I want to point out is the closeness between the incumbent Democrat Warnock and Herschel Walker in Georgia. It might come down to a runoff between those two it to will. decide who, yeah. right? Like it's huge. But the, the at the end of the day, after watching the last not quite 24 hours at the time of us taping this, you almost have to wonder whether Herschel Walker would want a Donald Trump endorsement for the runoff, given the performance of the Trumpist yeah, extremist. Like, it's like, yeah. wow, okay, that's I mean, good that, news for democracy, is my point. Because yeah. I think, I honestly believe that, that the Trump piece of this puzzle is all about disruption and distraction and sparkly things yeah. and trying to like push over dominoes of dumbness, where that, you know, the others are, are actually, not everybody's perfect on honestly You're, like the politics are gross no, no. but the, that yeah. piece of the politics the the last six years george is oh my god like it's almost your your, your cousin jd one though jd vance yeah the author no relation endorsed. i know no he by and he won and by a hair i know and he didn't bring up trump in his, his thank you speech he didn't mention trump so clearly no. he's looking at it going oh gee because he let's he bring was, it back you know, yeah. Bring it back closer to home. Uh, did you yeah. go to the Orpheum for the? I, I did. I did. Yes, for the inauguration uh, ceremony for Ken Sim and and the well, the whole everybody who was elected on council in Vancouver. Uh, it was interesting. It was packed. You know, we used to do it at the community center in Olympic Village when I was elected. And uh, at that time, when we, the first time we did it there, that was criticized for being too elaborate. Because um, before that, it used to be just down in the in the chamber at City Hall. Th this one was at the Orpheum, also a city facility. Probably didn't cost anything or very minimal. There was no uh, fanciness to it all. It was a stage. But it was interesting. Uh you know, I mean, he did his cliche about 20 times in his speech, Ken Sim, the, you can't, what is it? You can't, if you, you never win, if you don't keep trying, <laughs> just like, it's one of these, he made this cliche up. I, I wrote it down. It's, it's on my phone, but I don't have it with me. Anyways, uh, what was, what was really concerning to me, uh, partly, and you know, and I, I went up to him afterwards and it, it, the MC was uh, Raymond Louis. Raymond Louis was kind of my nemesis in council. Um, and he and I were, you know, we'd get along outside the council, but in council, uh, he was, he represented what I believed was everything that's wrong uh, with what was happening with vision. And then to see him invited by Ken Sim to be the MC, and I didn't tweet out anything and I thought that'd be tacky. I didn't really say anything day of, I kind of held it back. because I thought, well, you know, in general, we got to give them a chance, of course. Uh, they have a massive majority. They have a lot to do. Um, but it, it to me, it read wrong. And I think it for the people who are not, were very, very disappointed in the way Vision went, 
uh, in the end and, and how they were basically destroyed uh, and they disappeared off the face of the earth now, really. Um, I don't think it was a good signal to the to certainly to me uh, as a voter. I'm going, I don't and, and as a former politician who was, you know, consistently and tortured, tortured by vision for seven years um, to see this person who is fine as you know, he's a good MC and all that stuff works for the development community now, but he is representative of, of a thing that we thought we'd gotten rid of. And, and now uh, here he is as the, an invited MC for, you know, the transition there. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get the optics of it. I don't get why, uh, what, what was this about? What's the real story behind this? When we talk about spin and unspinning, I don't understand the logic of why you would do that. But I would imagine maybe in Ken Sim's mind, it's about opening up the, you know, I'm, I'm all, I, I want everyone to come. Nonpartisan. It's time for partisanship to go but, aside for making, but that was one of his messages, right? As yeah, he, he said that to the people know. who were elected, but Raymond Louis wasn't elected and he represents something that people don't want to get away from, I think. Right. And so, I don't know. I just was like, Oh God, is this vision 2.0? Is that what we're going to see now? And if it is, then we're not going to see much change in our city. And, the pressure is on. For so what does that mean? Can you unspin for me what Vision 2.0 might look like? Well, <laughs> well certainly pro-development uh, in a big way. Uh, certainly uh, lacks. So when you say when yeah. you say pro-development, because I as, what, when people are talking big development, but does that mean that the expo lands are going to be developed? Does that mean that you know that the that some of these things that were supposed to have happened long ago? Um, are going to happen? Or are we talking new big swaths of Vancouver will be suddenly right. covered in towers? It's like, what are well, we talking we know about? The Broadway plan will go ahead. There's an example of one that may yeah. be controversial and people were upset about, but you know, clearly with the decision to destroy team and not give Colleen Harbrick that uh, opportunity was a statement from the people that they don't have a problem with Broadway. Uh, one, I think it was Sarah Kirby Young, new city, you know, re-elected city councilor for ABC said, about specifically the land you mentioned there, the Broadway uh, or the uh, viaducts not coming down, which was something that right. I was always concerned about because of the cost. But as far as I know, for her to say that I'm surprised, uh, she would know as well as I know that the real estate deals are very, very complicated down there. And they are have been negotiated with very, very specific opportunities uh, for the land that has been, unless the deals were not completed, which start, had started when I was there, in order for the dividers to come down, you have all these parcels of land that are owned by several different owners, including the city and the province and private. So you have to, the way we, we designed it first, and then you have to go and talk to all these people to negotiate, okay, I'm going to, I need this corner over here and you need to do this and we'll give you this money. You give us that money. You build that. That was all being negotiated when I was there. And I, I thought those deals had been concluded. Maybe not. Uh, but certainly from a legal point of view, I worry that to, to just make that kind of announcement is a bit, uh, you know, out of step with potentially what's legal. <laughs> yeah. Well, because it brings us back to last week when we were talking about the north end of the Granville Street Bridge and the taking down of those loops to put in the towers there. Yeah. So, you know, I feel like we've been talking about the viaducts much longer and more in-depthly and intently and the Concord Pacific development area and the, you know, mm -hmm. the the areas down there in Plaza of Nations, you know, that for a yeah. while was a vibrant, vibrant place to hold an outdoor event. And now all you see yeah. down there is Cirque du Soleil when it comes to town, which is fine. But it's like, I kind of well, feel like and, yeah. that's a bunch of land that people could actually be living on. Like, what is the holdup? And if people aren't going to build yeah. there, put the tiny houses there. Like, come on, people. That, yeah, and that's why I'm curious to see what happens. Because Concord Pacific, I believe, has been basically 
you know, not developing anything since the last election because they really couldn't trust this the previous council to right. for any kind of predictability. You know, they they just I, most developers, big developers, were feeling that. I think they're looking at ABC, the new party in Vancouver, as should any developer, big or small. They need consistency. They need predictability. They don't want right. er, erratic behavior, and that's what we've had for four years in Vancouver: very yeah. erratic behavior. Yeah, so right. on the one hand, that's good that we're going to have a party that controls. Uh, the government in a massive way, eight votes that gives them a supermajority. They can make decisions quickly, especially related to real estate. Um, and But that also can lead to a perception of a love affair with big developers because big developers are uh, big developments are obvious. They're, they're in your, literally in your face because they're large. And, right. and so the obvious assumption then becomes that, oh, well, look at them. They're in bed with the big developers. Back but pocket. If yeah. I were to you yeah. know, narrow down, there are for sure... The Concord, that land in, in and the viaducts. I, I just find it curious that that they're saying that when that that there's lots to be done down there, and the viaducts need they need to be fixed if they're not taking them down. That's going to cost a hundred million right there. So I don't know why you would make a statement like that when you've already won the election, but she did, and we'll see. Um, and then you mentioned that, but yeah, you mentioned hundred million. Can we talk about the the b billion five billion dollar number that was thrown out? Um, a a report that was leaked from the VPD that uh, it was Ramina Dea's story on global that I saw like roll by on Twitter and the number just jumped off the page at me. I was like, $5 billion billion. in 2020 on whoa, that just, how, how, how was that? I mean, you and I have talked about it being a million dollars a day. That seems to be Uh, that we've always heard. Yeah. A million dollars a day to manage the situation. And I think includes housing. It includes the healthcare system everything so nonprofits and supports yeah. and social safety net social safety net was sort of the title of this um but it's fascinating yeah, like because a million a day would be you know 365 million so we're talking right. 10 times that 10 times that much which is why i was like Ooh, my eyes came popping out of yeah. my head when i saw that and then i thought okay clearly there needs there's more to this story and immediately the um the activists and the the people that you know, that are trying their best to help save lives on the downtown yeah. east side. It was like, great. Okay, now people are going to think we're, was we're you know, Robin, she was, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I actually had a conversation with Sarah about it. And she's just mm-hmm. like, why can't we get our, you know, David Eby and and Ken yeah. Sim to figure this, like, get together on the same page. And I was like, you realize that Ken Sim has only just started. Like, so, and, and David Eby has yet to be sworn in. So we're, we're hopeful. But how did this mm-hmm. land with you? In the unspun, like, obviously, a document like this isn't A, created, nor B, leaked, unless somebody wants yeah, to course. I mean, we're, kick we're the nest. Spun. This is all about spin. This is all about messaging. And Rob Shaw, who writes for BIV now, but also yeah. works on Czech Review, um, you know, he tore it apart. I recommend he did. Read that. He just ripped it to shreds. Basically, it's it's full of BS. It's not the information is inaccurate and misguided, and it's brutal what he wrote. Um, I'm going to give you one taste of what he wrote because I think the things there, and then I'll then I'll explain what's really going on. Okay, because <laughs> they're they're like they've an Alberta-based help seeker relied on the addresses of organizations in the Canada Revenue Agency charity database to reach its outrageous total of Vancouver and downtown east side largesse. And in the mm-hmm. process, they captured nonprofits, charities, provide services. The entire province should never been counted as a Vancouver specific. And I want to give you two examples here. Three, actually. Legal Services Society, which is a nonprofit, a legal aid for all of British Columbia. 
help seeker put that entire 105 million dollar promise province-wide revenue into the number there's the 78 million dollars in revenue from the forensic psychiatric services commission which help seeker includes as a vancouver social safety net expense when it actually runs its regional clinics in kamloops mm. prince george surrey victoria nanaimo and vancouver and one more before uh, this one, there's the Burnaby Search and Rescue Association, which inexplicably gets listed, even though it also runs humanitarian relief overseas. It's like, okay. As a total number. like they, they, they're Who paid for this report? And how much was the report? Like, how much was the report? <laughs> it was this work of fiction, it sounds like, almost. I yeah. think that's what Rob kind of said. Uh, you know, it's interesting and it's provocative and, and it's now in, it exists and therefore becomes part of the lexicon vernacular of yeah. vernacular of yeah. of of what it's costing for the downtown east side uh this to me was what i would say putting ken sim on notice uh they because the timing same week as he's getting inaugurated i mean come on i mean obviously yeah. they leaked this document at the same purposefully same day as him getting sworn in this is to say yeah. you know what, buddy you got to fix this problem yeah all of it and here's, you know, what we're thinking, where we're coming from, and we're going to get the public on our side. In fact, by the way, you just won mayor in part because our union endorsed you. And you, and we believe that you, you know, you have not, unlike the previous mayor and the majority of council, wanted to cut our funds. Uh, you've committed to policing being a priority. Here's the problem. Uh, get a solution together uh, or we're not going to be your friend anymore. I think that's what this is really saying. And I think mm. it something that either Ken Sim and this council need to address <clears throat> two ways. They either go, okay, we have to deal with this downtown east side problem, which would be great, but what does that mean? And what does people like Sarah Bly think it means? And what does somebody on the west side of Vancouver? There's different solutions for the downtown east side. Some of them are quite horrible and extreme, yeah. and some are nothing, do nothing. And then, you know, sort of where it, it's a nightmare. It's it, it, it will be, as I said about the tent city for Ken Kennedy Stewart and uh, the downfall of Ken Sim if he can't fix this in yeah. some capacity, um, and you know Ken Sim's strategy and what he talks about is you know planning and processes and all that stuff. So we'll see if he can make that work. But the other decision that this council then needs to make, I think, is they need to look at the chief of police and go: Is this guy really working as a team player here? If he's letting this stuff slip out or be released, is this is the chief really on our team here? Uh, can we can we work together with the chief of police? This kind of stuff never happened when the, with the previous chief. And uh, you know, Adam Palmer is a great guy, a nice guy. He was a chief when I left, and and I don't. But he obviously was pushed against the wall with Kennedy Stewart in in Vancouver. Yeah. Um, and and he obviously wants to lay the groundwork, uh, or his team, or whoever it is behind all this stuff. Yeah. I can't see how he. But it seems it. overt, right? And I think that's what yeah, I'm picking up. What you're putting down, like there's a way to have this phone call and say, you're going to need to make some kind of gesture overture point to immediately how that we are getting on this day one. Uh, it feels like something did, didn't happen or there's some other things at play. I don't, I don't know how to put it. it it's, it's shady. It feels shady. And again, I don't know if it was purposefully leaked, but you have to assume that somebody doesn't, somebody either doesn't like the chief, or the chief is really sending a message to I, the new I, mayor. So it's are. one of those I, two things, right? Hundred percent. Because it does them, make Adam Palmer look bad. It does. Well, yeah. First of all, how did you let this leak? Or why? Yeah, and why exactly. Did you pay for this report. What did you pay for this report? 
I think it's what's interesting. I think he's probably looked at that this council, even though it's ABC. I believe he's looked at this council. They've got three, you got two greens, you got one city. So you can't rely on them for your support. Then you have three, two, at least two other previous councillors who were waffling. So you've got five now that are probably not people that you can rely on in a way that I think that the police would like to be hard, to be tough. Uh, and probably six, I would say closer to six of the 11 people on that board, if not seven, when I think about them, including the mayor, I don't think are willing to do the tough, to make those tough decisions that I think the police would like them to make. And I think a lot of people in Vancouver will make, I think you will see this council be split on this issue on how to manage, um, the, a new way forward for the police and policing, uh, and dealing with this stuff. I, I, I think I'm worried that you probably won't see much change because uh, it'll be hard to make uh, who's going to make the decision. And if you don't have the full support of your council, unless that he can make them vote as a as a block on which he should be able to do. But I don't know when I look at it, you got three and you have, I'm, I'm looking at six counselors that I think don't want to be hardcore tough on what's going on right. down there. So therefore, that's great for people like Sarah Bly. Uh, who's down there on the downtown east side, former park board commissioner, very vocal person, saving lives every day on the downtown east side. And a lot of people who would looked at, who voted for ABC, who probably were used to be NPA, who would have been John Cooper supporters, and who was very clear in his his stand on, no, we got to be tough. Where are they going to Yeah, land? they're like, they're like, let's take a bulldozer to the streets with the tents on. Yeah, so clean it up in a day like, where the other know? side is, don't touch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so speaking of policing, though, I want to touch on this. It's not VPD. Um, Oh, one more thing with VPD. Did you see that the rioters from the Lil Baby concert? Remember last week we were talking about the 10 most wanted? They they have identified all but two. So I just want to put out there that having photos of the people doing the uh, thing or video footage actually leads to finding these people and holding them to account. I'm just going to... CCTV. I'm going to continue saying that every single chance I get. Because if you're not breaking the law, you wouldn't mind being filmed when in a public place. Like, I just don't get it. Amanda's family's here. Her dad's here and her stepmom and from England. And uh, I I made it, I was commenting, I said, you know, uh, I love watching British uh, dramas and British cop shows, right? They're really good. But one thing that is, uh, is inconsistent to me or doesn't play in North America, certainly in Vancouver, is every single time they want to solve a crime. And almost always, it's the key in almost every crime that's ever solved on a British drama, common, or, you know, crime show is, well, let's pull the CCTV, CCTV footage and see what this says. And they've got cameras, you know, they show driving on the highway, this car, all these different ways that they have ownership of. Here, yeah. of course, we don't have that. And we've tried to get that. I know I tried when I was on council to allow it. Um, but we don't, so therefore they got to patch together all these different pieces of footage from private the private sector and, and people. Because yeah. guess what? We all have CCTV. I know, I know. It's right so, in our hands. It's I a know. thing. So, so privacy, right? So we'll see. I don't see it changing. Oh uh, yeah, I don't. I don't think that people should have a privacy issue in high crime uh, situation scenarios or in public places and spaces like they have in Victoria. We did. We had this on the Steel and Man show last week. Um, they have a robot that they use in Victoria that CCTV that they put into big events and they warn people days right. in advance. If you're here, you're going to be on camera. Like I don't think that surreptitious video recording is necessary by, uh, in public places. You should put the sign up that says smile 
you're on <laughs> camera and we're going to be able to see your license plate number and we're going to be able to see the sparkle in your teeth or, you know, the parsley between your teeth. It's not going to be grainy <laughs> footage where we can't figure you out. Yeah, some um, of this footage is pretty impressive these days. That you it's can pretty see. impressive. Yeah. Ring and door cameras, Google, I have one. You, Google and Elon Musk are looking at you from space already anyway, so whatever. Totally. Can I talk just a little bit about the Surrey Police Services? Because um, mm. with incoming mayor in Surrey, Brenda Locke, obviously wanting to, she said on election night, the first thing I'm going to do is get rid of this, which is a whole big ball of wax. Like, I'm not yeah. even... Wanting to address that. Um, yep. The thing that I saw roll by on Twitter a couple of days ago, big trigger for me, for those who mm-hmm. don't know, I've had the the online daily harassment for, for five years, like targeted harassment at me and coming at my whole life and everything and have seen it through the police system and all the way through the courts and to a guilty plea and then sentencing will happen next year because everything takes too damn long. And my goal, as I mentioned here all the time, is swift and meaningful consequences to people who would do this because it's garbage. And mm-hmm. I saw a tweet roll by two days, three days ago now, I can't remember. And and it was from Surrey Police Services saying, enough is enough. Stop harassing our employees and their families. Oh, wow. What is happening? Like what? Is wrong with people. Who are these people? Why would they do that? I don't get it. Like I don't get it. I don't get it. It's illegal and they should stop it right now. And I am going to work the rest of my life to make it so the people who would do that thinking they can get away with it, pay for it. I know it it, it, brings full circle to what you know, we look at what's in the American midterms last night, and one of the main issues they had in the last election and one of their biggest concerns and certainly in Arizona was intimidation of staff people who are trying to just do their job for God's sakes. That's not how it works. You can't do no. that to people. They're just like you. They could be left or right wing or whatever. You don't. They're just working. They're working. They're doing their job. I didn't even have my own radio show. And this person attacked me daily, multiple yeah. times daily about what I was talking about on the radio. And then he talked, He'd copy in all the people that I had on the radio. It's like, come, what, get a life. Why am I taking up so much room in your head? Like, seriously, if you're somebody who would want to attack another human being that yeah. you've never met, just don't. don't How about don't. you just don't? don't. One more thing I want to slip hog. in. We, right. We have, we have so little time left, but we'd be remiss because David Eby is being sworn in uh, as our new premier in yes. British Columbia. And there's an expectation that there might be some shuffling going on. Yeah, it's true. And I think he's already made some changes in deputy ministers. He's going to make it his own. So it's going to get ugly, I think, in Victoria. I'll be interested to see who his ministers might be, whether or not some of those key ministers will stay in those positions. He obviously had full support of pretty much the entire current caucus. Uh, Right. You know, and uh, it'll be interesting. I wonder if there was anybody that he didn't get support from that suddenly is no longer going to be a a, uh, a minister. Because being a minister means a lot of extra money. um, And there's they're all working it, working them right now to try and get the the best gigs, um, and so it's going to be a shakeup. He has to shake things up because he has to make it his own. Because he has to also start thinking about is he going to call an election uh, in the new year? I think it's appropriate that he right. does, um, but he needs to put his own stamp on how he will govern, what his focus will be. He's a different kind of guy than you know. If you know his history, it's when you talk about CCTV and all that stuff. That's all stuff that. He doesn't like. He was a hell no. Yeah. 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 Well, It'll be interesting you know, to see what David Eby along with Ken Sim might come up with in order to, to manage what is kumbaya. the crisis. Kumbaya. But the crisis meant 2,000 more strong letters, just a lot of hugging. Oh, God. As Ken Sim said, it is an, I'm a hugger. I'm a hugger. <laughs> it's like, okay.
Is that I look forward to him trying to hug David Eby, who's what six foot eight, and I think Ken's my height, like five foot eight or something. <laughs> so it's like, hello, I'm gonna give you a hug. <laughs> Put that in. You can find us. Mind. You can no. You can find us on Twitter. This one is at George underscore <laughs> Affleck. George underscore Affleck on Twitter. I'm at Jody Vance. Mm. Jody with a Y. Vance on Twitter, uh, and we're always trying to bring you the clearest, most uh, fact-based. Yes. And for for anybody watching right now, I'm going to show you what I've been doing for the last number of days. If you've noticed that I kind of sound like I got a snotty yeah, nose, I'm no, COVID no. negative. No, co- I, I've been like testing crap. testing myself so. for five days. Thank you very much. I sound like crap. But what am I supposed to do, George? Do I have to stay home you now? I'm like five days Kardashian. into. You sound like do I? Oh, I sound like a Kardashian. But do I have to stay home now? Like, is that I've oh, stayed? Just go do, no, apparently not. I mean, I had a friend who just flew back from Toronto and she had COVID, and she called them and they said, eh, "Just wear a mask. Nobody cares anymore. Right. Nobody cares." But I'm testing Anyways, negative, hey. and this is my fifth test, so I don't well, know. Just, do I trust this now? Yeah, I trust yeah you don't it have to. You just got a cold. My kid Imagine. had a remember, cold. Remember those things? Colds. Right. What right. a concept. Hey, we're both wearing our poppies. Friday's Remembrance Day. I'll be heading down to the Cenotaph in Vancouver. I go every year. My mom was a veteran. It's really important to me. Uh, do your thing. Respect people that serve for us. When you talk about service, as we were earlier, yes. talk about service when you go to war to keep your country free. Um, and what we saw happen in America this week, and hopefully mostly positive as opposed to negative. Um, freedom goodness. and what, uh, what those people did for us in the First and Second World War and other wars. Give yeah. them total respect on Friday, everybody. I know I will. Lest we forget, we pause at 11.11 a.m. on Friday to give a moment to our veterans and to those who have fought for our safety, even up till and including today. Thanks, George. Thanks. We'll see you next week.